How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are locked on Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined by Harrison Fagan. I was not in for yesterday's game. I was away for a funeral. Uh, rest in peace, Tim Chapman. Uh, that was really cool. Thank you to the family for letting me attend that. Uh, but thank you, Harrison, for, for holding it down. Uh, you talked about a a thrilling loss to the to the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, I, I really I don't want to talk about that game anymore than we already did. We talked about that game for 18 minutes yesterday. I don't think I need to talk about that game anymore. I would tend to agree. I would probably yeah. tend to agree. I think, I think that I think that's a what game against the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> uh, make sure you guys are following the show. Basically, today's show, we are going to talk about a Paul George development that I think has been undercovered. We are going to talk about Jose Calderon probably making his way to the Golden State Warriors. And we are going to talk about David Nwaba. I said that right, right? Yep, you nailed it. David, or I've been saying it wrong all this time, and no one, including him, has ever corrected me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so David Nwaba is your newest Los Angeles Laker. So, uh, a few reportedly, things, reportedly. Well, no, I thought. Oh, that's there's Shams, a, the team. Shams the team has not announced that it. Shams Karania of the Vertical reported that the Lakers plan to sign David Nwaba of the L.A. Defenders on a 10-day contract. Yeah. So right. it's not official yet, but I think I, I don't think Shams has ever been wrong. If there is an entity that you are going to believe on link stuff, it's going to be Yahoo. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we're going to get to those things in a second, but before we get to that, make sure you guys are following the show on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, TuneIn Stitcher, and today's Fast Break. Use those promo codes for SeatGeek and Mac Weldon. Uh, we are just, let's go ahead and jump into this, right? So we talked extensively about Paul George, right? And uh, while we were talking about Paul George, we did not have necessarily all of the information. A, a little bit of information came out after we were done talking about him. Like literally 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Very, and, uh, very frustrating. <laughs> it was uh, the, the timing on that was not ideal. So uh, basically, Adrian Wojnarowski said on his podcast, and by the way, like, Imagine knowing that much about the NBA that you could just throw some tidbit of information like this onto your podcast and not feel like you might be missing out on clicks. Actually, I mean, that's kind of what we're going to try and do with Nwaba. So I yeah. guess, like, 
I guess I am Woj is what you're saying. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I am Legend, I am Woj. The, the, the sequel to I am Legend sucks, I yeah. think. <laughs> so uh, the Woj says on his podcast with Bobby Marks that the Lakers were told, and he never specified specified by whom, but the Lakers were told not to trade away their young core for Paul George at the deadline. And now I I wrote the article. You found the, the the little tidbit of information. I you know I wrote it out, and I came up with three scenarios in which this would make sense. Right. First off, and and this is the the biggest one is if it's from Paul George's camp, and they're telling the Lakers not to trade their young core. Uh, we'll which get would see, that would also seem to be the most likely one to me. Yeah, we'll we'll get to the we'll get to likeliness and the impact of of what each scenario would mean in a, after we divulge which which of the three scenarios we're looking at so far. So that's the first one. All right, I'll lay, lay out these other two theories. Uh, the, the second one is that it's marching orders from Magic on down to his staff, right? Uh, but there's a pretty easy way to disprove that. And then the final one is that it's an internal discussion that the Pacers are having. And it gives reason as to why they did not move Paul George uh, and, and what they're thinking and what they're hoping for moving forward. Right. So you said you think the Paul that it coming from it's coming from Paul George's camp and you think that's their likeliest scenario here. Why do you think it's the likeliest scenario? I mean, I'm just going to be honest, like the way it was phrased, that really feels like the only scenario to me. I, I just don't uh, – it would have been – if it was Magic Johnson's decision of saying that he did – like that would be Magic Johnson's decision. He's the one making these calls right now. The Lakers don't even have a GM officially installed. And so uh, if he was saying telling his people not to trade for – telling the Lakers not to trade for Paul George, it would have been Magic Johnson is – not is saying that he doesn't want to trade for Paul George right now. He wants to wait for him in free agency. Like that would have been the report. Yep. And then I think the Pacers, I don't feel like have any incentive to uh, to be out there saying like, hey, don't give us your young pieces for Paul George. Like he's probably <laughs> not worth it. Yep. Um, and so to me, that really only leaves the first one. It, it just honestly. Yeah. And and unfortunately, I, I haven't really seen. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski come out and clarify as to you know where that information was coming from. Although so sources are rarely divulged. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, the, he and I just feel like the way that he said it was just people are telling the Lakers not to trade their young assets for Paul George. I really think that that only leaves Paul George's camp. All right, I so, don't know if that necess that doesn't necessarily mean agent. That could mean people close to Paul George or whoever, like intermediaries, who whoever they work through to get around ta these tampering charges that the Lakers are trying to like toe the line on more now, re reportedly maybe, <laughs> uh, because like that's what Mitch and Jim. Uh, and, Mitch and Jim were criticized for not doing so. I guess like the Lakers have entered the brave new world of tampering, maybe kind of allegedly, possibly. <laughs> I think I threw out I threw out enough qualifiers there to not get hit with slander. <laughs> All right, so let's say it is hypothetically, theoretically coming from Paul George's camp, and they're telling the Lakers not to trade their young core for Paul George. Allegedly. Allegedly, hypothetically, <laughs> theoretically. <laughs> theoretically, Let's say that that's coming from Paul George's camp. That's the, mo that's the, the most definitive bit of information that we've gotten 
that Paul George is looking at the Lakers in 2018, right? I don't, yeah, I don't it think would it's certainly close. feel like that would feel, it would almost feel like kind of the anti mellow where it didn't really seem like his people were in a rush to tell the Knicks like, hey, no, 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 just hold off till free agency. Definitely don't give up every good player that you have other than Amari Stoudemire for mellow. <laughs> Maybe Paul George's camp is just smarter than Mello's camp was. Yeah, I mean, they, they're like, hey, you know, L.A. is nice, but he's probably going to want a competitive team there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and all right, so there's a couple ways to take this then, right? So you can say that it's Paul George's camp saying that he wants talent surrounding him when he shows up, right? And I had one person uh, theorizing in my mentions that I and I forget your name I'm sorry but but they were theorizing in my mentions that this might be a long-term bet from Paul George that he's going to come here in his prime and he thinks he might be able to elevate the kids when he gets here in his prime and as his game you know hits the decline on the end of you know what would be a max contract you know when the Lakers sign him a five-year deal at the end of that five-year deal he's hoping that the kids that would be surrounding him when he gets here would be in their prime as his prime starts to slip. Now, I don't really see that coming because very few athletes think that far out in advance. I took it more as just hold off on trading the young core right now, and as they develop, that might fetch a better player for by the time I get there, we can, you know, I can sign in free agency. Hopefully, maybe by the time, the, you know, 2018 comes around, maybe Dang and Mozgov can retire for being old. And <laughs> their their deals might not hurt as bad on the cap. Whatever whatever scenario it takes, the Lakers might be able to to if they can carve out another max spot. Maybe Boogie, Boogie Cousins comes over also in 2018, and the Lakers have all those young kids then to maybe trade to acquire another superstar or all star. And you now have the makings of a big three in 2018. I took it as the second one. But does the first scenario make any sense to you? I'm going to be honest with you. That went on pretty long, and I thought that they were the same scenario for the no, most part. So, so the, the, the first scenario is one in which he's convinced that the kids can Oh, that the, the kids franchise. are good. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know that they're mutually exclusive, and this is a boring cop-out answer, but it's also my actual answer. Mm -hmm. Like, like I mean, he could think maybe the young kids are going to be good and they're going to hang on, but if not, then they'll still be promising enough prospects that, like, maybe they could be traded in a package for, like, a better player that's also disgruntled. Yeah, and... Like, and like I mean, I, I think J Jimmy Butler, I don't know, he's, he's still going to be, I believe, under contract at that point. Yeah, although I don't know if I necessarily want both Paul George and Jimmy Butler. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. uh, these guys, like, they, they have their friends around the league. Maybe it's not Butler, maybe it's whoever, but yeah. they all have friends around the league, and mm -hmm. it's like, hey, can you bring in this guy and, you know, like, I'll come and sign with you. And that's, like the, that. that's the thing that the Lakers are missing out on right now is the best way to avoid tampering charges is to have players who can talk to other players directly, right? Yep. Uh, when the Lakers, when, when a team has an all-star and they send an all-star to the all-star game and they're sitting there rubbing shoulders with other players and they can say, hey, yeah, Los Angeles is great. Uh, Magic has been awesome since he gets here, this, that, and the other. You can have those conversations take place without worrying about tampering charges with you know coaches having those conversations or front office executives having those conversations. That's the biggest thing that the Lakers have missed out on in recent years by not having any decent NBA players. Uh, 
getting back to the major point here, the big point here. And also like players that haven't been around long enough to recruit guys in free agency. So like they don't like they don't have their friends in their draft class that yeah. have like come in. Yeah, yeah, that too. Uh, the other thing, I wrote it in the article, but this feels also a lot like the Kobe Bryant, Lou Dang situation when Kobe was being shopped because he was demanding a trade to uh, the Chicago Bulls and he would not accept a trade in which Luol Deng was coming back to the Lakers because he wanted to play. Yeah, there are shades of that a little bit. Yeah. and Although the difference being that George, he doesn't have a no trade clause, but he kind of functionally does because if he says, I'm not saying if you guys trade this guy for me, then like they aren't going to trade that guy. So they kind of, you know. Yeah, I mean, the Pacers can make a trade. And this is what happened with Boogie in in New Orleans too, right? Boogie's uh, agent, uh, Jaron Akana, was telling the Kings and the Pelicans and anybody really who would listen, uh, allegedly, uh, reportedly, whatever. Possibly, (laughs) qualifiedly. (laughs) He was telling anybody who would listen that if you trade for for my client, he's going to be pissed because you just cost him essentially $40 million in the ballpark of 30 to $50 million uh, total because he's not going to get that Supermax when he gets there, right? Uh, the threat was that because you because you traded for him, uh, there is no way he's going to resign with you as as holding a grudge. That would still cost him more money on the back end of things, right? Because bird rights and such, and and whichever team is already you know already has the the player can still sign somebody for more, even though it isn't the super supermax. Uh, but he's basically saying. You do not want to trade for my guy because he's going to be unhappy as soon as he shows up. Uh, that hasn't turned out to be the case. It looks like Boogie is pretty happy in New Orleans. Uh, but but that's the threat that, that the Lakers would, would be undertaking is George can say, don't trade for me because I want to play with those guys and I could sign with you in 2018. Uh, but some other team might be willing to take that risk. So long as, you know, maybe Boston, you know, if they're contending for a title, it's not like George is going to, you know, contend for a title and then say, uh, I've been wanting to contend for a title for the last few years. Now I am contending one and now I'm going to peace out to L.A. with a team that is nowhere near as near a title as I just was. Unless he wants the statue that we talked about on our last podcast. Yeah, and (laughs) that would be tremendous, but I don't see that hypothetically coming to pass. Yeah, he, he he would have to tell Boston, I'm only going to go play for you if you trade all your young assets for me and then leave them anyway (laughs) (laughs) ultimate laker fan paul george he would be the greatest laker fan in the history of laker fandom oh yeah it wouldn't even be close sorry jack nicholson yeah no he would get jack's seats yeah (laughs) jack would have to find new seats so that like paul george's uh entourage could sit in jack's old seats yep um, so that's that's that was the new bit of information, and and that to me was the biggest bit of information. Frankly, I think it's gone a little undercovered. Uh, does that does that jump up? Because we talked about our chances of Paul George signing with the Lakers thing. Like, does that bump your radar up at all? Like your rating? Because I think you gave it what a six. I gave it a six out of ten. I'd, I'd go to like a six and a half to a seven now. Okay. Because this is this is him. I mean, if we're if we're rolling with this being his camp. Like, I don't know how much more concrete it can get. I'm honestly just giving myself wiggle room. I would go higher, but I don't want to sound like a jackass. I don't want people to be able to play this podcast back if he si- if he resigns in in Indiana or whatever. Uh, but but yeah, this is. Uh, I, does it bump it? It has to bump it for you, right? 
Not really. I think that teams use stuff like this as leverage all the time. There's always le- there's always a reason for leaks. There's always a reason that something like that would have gotten leaked out. That almost comes off as leveraging these other teams even harder to not trade for George because like, oh, look, the Lakers, like they're telling the Lakers not to trade young guys for him. So I don't know. That's a really cynical way to look at it. I am a very cynical person. That's even more jaded than I thought you were capable of. Oh yeah, no, I I stay very very woke on this. You stuff. have you have Chris Paul's hat. Are you wearing the? Yeah, group? I don't I don't I don't blink when it comes to trade rumors. <laughs> I'm perpetually woke. Man, no wonder you sound tired all the time. All right, so we'll uh, we'll we'll move on from this topic and let us know what you guys think and keep those. Remember at the big at the uh, on Friday show, I think it was we originally we asked, said Wednesday, but sure we'll go to Friday. Yeah, Why whenever, not? whenever, whenever the the podcast aired that we asked for your sales pitches, uh, you guys have a chance now to update those sales pitches in our reviews on iTunes. Uh, make sure they're accompanied by a five star review, preferably. Uh, but but yeah, say, keep on updating those, and, and uh, when we get to those on Wednesday, uh, we'll see what we got. We'll move on now to actual concrete news the lakers have moved on the the jose calderon era has ended the the marcelo huertas era ended and and it brought in tyler ennis the jose calderon era ends and it seems like it's going to bring in david nwaba harrison what is your fondest jose calderon lakers memory Oh yeah, I guess we gave our our Huertas one, but I feel like he he had been here a little longer. I I, I don't. I'm trying to think of my fondest Calderon memory. <laughs> uh, the Lakers getting two second round picks for taking on his contract. Yep, I, that's mine too. <laughs> yeah. Now, all right. So I I don't want it to. It, this is going to come across as kicking him on his way out the door. Yeah. No, he's a he's a good dude. He, yeah. He's, Calderon's a good dude. Just like he, he just, did exactly what the Lakers brought him in to do. Just like uh, John Ireland said when he was on the show, right? He said that, and and uh, Jose Calderon's agent said to, I think it was Mark Medina released the quote. Uh, Calderon's agent said that we went to the Lakers and we asked to be either bought out or waived, so that Jose, because Jose wasn't getting playing time anymore. Now I find it hilarious that. Jose Calderon can't get minutes for the Lakers, and now he's going to play a role potentially in a playoff and or final series in, in Golden State. Uh, but that's the NBA. Uh, everybody is convinced that vets are somehow more valuable than than more talented younger players. But here we are. Uh, I, there's nothing else that really can be said here, right? Like Jose no, was a, I mean, a really he, good he was... Laker. He was a good mentor to the kids, and now he's moving on. I mean, I, I kind of have I, I have a little bit of a hot take, but I thought we would save that for the end of the show. All right, sounds good. We'll get to that in a second. We'll talk about David Nwaba, who I think I think this isn't a reach. I think you know more about David Nwaba than anybody covering the Lakers at all. I mean, I don't know that that's a he. I don't want to like pat myself on the back or whatever. Like, I mean, just the fact that I've covered him, I think, gives me a little bit more. Uh, knowledge than like most people on the beat because honestly like they are not paying attention to the defenders day to day like that's not like some tremendous pat on the back for me and my knowledge it's just that like I have covered the defenders and they have not I would say but I I did write a feature about Nwaba it's online I posted it again tonight I think Ben Rosales posted it again tonight as well Uh, it's one of the things that I wrote that I'm like proudest of this year and I I think I, I 
even so from the first day of defense from defenders media day which is like they're basically like their first day of camp or like their first like you know it's within the first week of camp uh we eric pinkis asked every uh like pretty much everybody that we talked to yeah who's impressed you most and the answer to a man was david nwaba Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, at one point, I forget which player it was, but they didn't even know his name at that point. They said the new guy, the, the new guy, the undrafted, the tryout player, um, they, they didn't know his name at that point. And that kind of that kind of shows where he's come from. Like he's an undrafted in the NBA, undrafted in the D League. He made the uh, the um Oh man, I'm blanking on the team right now. The the Northern California team, one of the teams in Northern California, the Reno Bighorns. Mm. Yeah, Reno. So not California, but the, he made the Reno Bighorns as a tryout player and was acquired by the Defenders in a trade for some of the guys that they had drafted, and because they liked him, but they weren't high enough in the tryout order to get him. And so the Reno got him as a tryout player. The defenders traded for him. He was actually halfway on his way to Reno when the Lakers or the defenders called him and said that he had been they had traded for him. And so he had to drive back to L.A. where he is from. And so, yeah, I mean, like it's it's a cool story. And the defenders have been really good with him on the floor this year. They're they're 17 points per 100 possessions better when he plays versus when he doesn't play. And they're like almost three fourths of the way through the season. So it's not like a small sample size thing anymore. Like he's playing significant minutes. He's worked his way into the starting lineup and they are still far, far better with him on the floor than they are with him not. And they have the best record in the D League. So. I, I mean, I don't think that that's a coincidence. I I think he he's a guy like he's six four, six eleven and a half wingspan is what the defenders <laughs> told me they measured him, which that's is insane. <laughs> that's ins- it's insane, and I, I believe it because he, I mean his arms are endless. Laker fans are probably about to get at least a little bit of a look at that. Just for just and, for reference, do you know Brandon Ingram's wingspan off the top of your head? Off the top of my head, no, I don't. Okay, we'll go ahead and keep talking. I'll find it. Okay, yeah, you find that on Draft Express. So he has those kind of insane measurables. He can jump out of the gym. He dunks on someone at least once a game, pretty much in the D League, and that's really he he's earned the nickname Mister Dunk because that's really the only type of shot he takes. If you look at his shot chart, it's pretty absurd. It's pretty much looks at the rim and then almost nothing else, which is it's for a reason. It's because he's not much of a shooter as of right now. He's working on it, but he's not much of a shooter yet. But he knows that and he understands that and he and defenses understand that and he still finds ways to get to the rim on cuts to get to the rim on little drives and things like that and he gets in there for dunks and layups and you know I I think and he has all the tools to be a really good defender I, I think there's a very good chance of him being an NBA player if he can just get his shot to come around even a little bit. Even if it doesn't, I think in the right situation, he can be an NBA player. I don't know that the Lakers in his rookie year are that situation as of yet, although betting against him at this point I think would be pretty faulty given kind of where he's come from. You know, Cal Poly, undrafted to Twice. like tryout player <laughs> – to like traded for uh, by the defenders to coming off the bench working his way into the starting lineup for the best team in the western conference in the d-league like i mean i I don't know what like i'm not i'm certainly not going to bet against him so to summarize harrison's point harrison's a fan 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I honestly, I, I think like, and he's also like, he's he's a good guy. Like, there's yeah. not anyone in the defenders that's going to say a bad word about him. He's a hard worker. He knows his weaknesses. He's working on them. I he he's a genuinely good dude. And so it's the it's exactly the type of young guy that you'd want to add to a young team like the Lakers, not a young guy that's going to come in and cause any potential problems, but one who's going to be very happy to be there and very happy to go with the program. Yeah, there's no way he woke up, you know, at any point before this year started and said to himself, yeah, I'm going to be a Los Angeles Laker. There's no, he, it, he grew up a Laker fan. He yeah. talked about how it's surreal to even be wearing purple and gold in their gym and like practice in the same facility that they do. Like he grew up like Kobe Bryant was his favorite player growing up. And like I believe it when he says it more so than I do when some of the other young guys on the team say it. And it's like the politically correct thing because he actually grew up in Los Angeles like. Oh, cool. Like so we're going to get we're going to get like 47. We're going to get 47 questions from from the beat about, you know, what's it like to play in Staples Center where Kobe played. Right. At least he doesn't have to deal with the pressure of having Kobe's locker. Yeah. Oh, to that point, Brandon Ingram stands at about six, nine, six, ten, has a seven, three wingspan. You said David Nwaba stands at about six, four. You said, yes, yeah, I'd say I'd say about six. He's listed six, four. Yeah, he's he's about my height. So, yeah. Yeah, so he's at 6'4 and 6'11 wingspan, so that's nuts. He's about 5 to 6 inches shorter than Brandon Ingram, but only has a 6, or no, a, a 4 inches shorter wingspan. Three that's, and a half. Yeah, that's insane. That's that's craziness. So uh, he'll be fun. He'll be a welcome addition. The Lakers desperately Laker, need... Laker fans are going to love him as long as the Lakers don't have him spotting up and shooting too often. You know, like if you know they're he... if they get him rolling to the rim, like Laker fans are going to love him instantly. You know who he reminds me a lot of just based off of his measurables and the stuff he does on the court. Uh true Laker fans will really remember this, but he reminds me a lot of uh Sedale Threat who was just an incredible per- perimeter defender. A slasher, he could shoot sometimes from the mid range, but back then nobody really shot three pointers. So yeah. if the Lakers get some version of Sedale three, that's going to harken back to when I was a kid, and I love that those '90s Lakers teams, even though they never they rarely had a shot at a title. Uh, Sedale three's a, a personal fan favorite of mine, so that'd be cool to to get another version of that. The Thief of Baghdad, as Chick Hearn used to call him. Uh, wow, that is a nickname that would not fly today. Probably not. No, I don't think that would go over very well. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how he got that nickname, but I just I can already tell that Chickern would have gotten some – Twitter would have been very mad about that Chickern nickname. Yeah, that probably would not have gone out over very well. But if anybody dares criticize Chickern, I'm going to meet you in a dark alley somewhere. Yeah, or he'll block you, as he showed me today on Twitter. He's like, hey, don't don't test him. Don't test him. <laughs> don't, don't Anthony test doesn't play around. Uh, so, yeah, so the Lakers uh, wind up making a move here that a lot of people are saying this feels like a Ryan West, Jesse Buss kind of move. And I kind of take issue with that to a certain extent because I never felt like Jim and Mitch were reluctant to look at their own D-League team. Like, there are plenty of guys who got looks while they were working from the D-League. Like, Famously, Vander Blue, think, Jabari Brown. Yeah, famously, Vander Blue started for the Lakers at one point. Now, part of that had to do with the with injuries, injury but, apocalypse. Yeah. yeah, but but I mean, I'm not gonna. Here's the thing. It's exciting to have Magic Johnson with the Lakers. He's done a very good job 
especially compared to the expectations I had for him when he came in. But I'm not going to fly off the handle here and say that Mitch and Jim were doing a terrible job. I'm just not going to. If you don't if you if you want to hear that, either listen, you know, we'll bring on a guest and maybe they can say it cuz I don't think Harrison, I don't think you feel that way either, right? Uh say say again. Do you think Mitch and Jim were doing some kind of terrible job? I mean, no. I, I think that there were things that they didn't do well, and I think that there were things that they did do well. Yeah. And you, you can't. It would be disingenuous to give them like, which is seeming this has started to be a thing. I've noticed yeah. with some people where like they're giving now all of a sudden instead of Ryan West getting some credit for the Lakers draft success, Ryan West now gets all the <laughs> all credit of it for the yeah. Lakers draft success. <laughs> and you, you still have to give Mitch and Jim some credit for that, even if Ryan West is the one coming in and, and suggesting the pick he was not making the pick they were still at, at the very least which is something that people are are complimenting magic for empowering the right people yeah and so you know and it's and it's fun and it's a fun story and 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 again magic has been better than i thought he was going to be but let's not forget that you know mitch won the lakers titles jim was also a part of the front office that won the lakers titles you know, and and is un- he, he was the one who got all the credit for drafting Andrew Bynum, which you know Andrew Bynum definitely exceeded expectations for quite a while there. Uh, I'll put it this way: Mitch, or no, 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 Jim was supremely unlikable. I think that's fair to say, right? Uh, and everybody who covered Jim has now said, to some extent or another, that he was supremely unlikable. He was terrible. I don't know if they went that far. Well, I all right. They've, they've no. I would say not charismatic. Not care, but I, I've heard some unlikable stuff that that okay. You uh, know, different things than me. But and I'll and I'll you know I'll I'll continue here and I'll say that Genie compared to Jim, Genie is the most charismatic person who has ever lived. Right? Yeah, compared that's to fair. that's absolutely fair, <laughs> and and I think that goes a long way with the people who cover the team, right? Because at the end of the day, your job when you're covering the team is to get some kind of quotes that you can relay back to your readers, and it's going to make people want to read your stuff. And if somebody is is continually passing up on opportunities to give you any kind of quote or do anything in terms of that that would help that person from a PR standpoint, that's going to get frustrating after a while. But yeah. what I what I'm what I'm not willing to do is extend to to you know Magic Johnson as he comes in the benefit of just absolutely crapping on Jim on his way out. I'm not going to do that, and I think anybody who is doing that is doing so very unfairly. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, so plenty we we anticipated this would be a shorter show but we are uh, but we had a, plenty to talk about the Paul George stuff I actually, some... before before we sign off oh, I do I do have take. a quick hot take All right uh everybody turn your turn your radios down uh get ready for this Harrison do you have the sound ready for for your hot take Let's do it Okay, Anthony. So Jose Calderon is not good enough to play for the Lakers, <laughs> but is signing with the Warriors. How about how about they get rid of D'Angelo Russell? I don't. What has he done this year other than play better than Jose Calderon every single time he's taken the floor? I mean, if you just look, you either bleed purple and gold or you don't, Anthony. And I just think that if we look at all the statistics, like career points. 
career three-point percentage, career three-pointers made, career free throws made, career assists. Jose Calderon beats D'Angelo Russell in every single one of them. And I just don't see how all of a sudden, like, like the Lakers are like, oh, no, let's just get rid of this superstar player that's going to go form a new big five with the Warriors. <laughs> and then they just are like, oh, no, but let's start this garbage bust at point guard. It doesn't make any sense to me, and I hope they bench him for Tyler Ennis. I got blocked over this take earlier, so I can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible. That was a very good hot take. That uh, was that was Harrison reading Dr. Robert Clapper tweets for part of it in hot take voice and then just running with things. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I had to give that was one of the hottest, worst takes I have ever seen. And so I, I had to give that a shout out on the show today. Yeah, no, that I have. I think that might be the dumbest tweet of the year. I mean, it's it's up there, man. Like, to to just completely ignore the context of the situation of why Calderon was not playing for the Lakers and why he is going to maybe go and join the Warriors and possibly play for them is just, like, willfully ignorant. Yeah. No, I... That was some. That so was I gotta, some I gotta, I gotta give a like an attribution, a like a who did this, fam, to Doctor Robert Clapper for the part of that take. And but that, yeah, I yeah, I haven't done a hot take in a while. I've been itching. It has, it has been a little while. All right, so I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Uh, this was a fun one. This was a pretty informative one. The Lakers have had, despite the the trade deadline coming and going, they have had plenty uh, going on. As is known to to have to happen with the Lakers, because there's never a dull moment. Uh, the Lakers, by the time everybody l- listens to this, the Lakers will be playing tonight, Tuesday night, uh, against I I don't even rem- I don't even know who at this point. Th- at this point in the season, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna. I do- don't even. I there was there was a point today where I did not know what day it was. I was talking to somebody and I told them that it was. I told them straight faced it was Tuesday, and <laughs> th- we're recording this on Monday, so that was wrong. But the Lakers are taking on the Hornets tonight. By the time that you were listening to this, Tuesday at seven thirty. Yep. So that'll be a fun. That'll be a fun little game. Uh, Brandon Jennings was supposedly going to be going to Charlotte, but apparently that's been shot down. Uh, already, it's too bad. I was. I always like watching D'Angelo Russell post Brandon Jennings up uh, for no reason in particular. It has nothing to do with Brandon Jennings calling D'Angelo Russell a snitch. Nothing to do with that whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody forgot about that one. <laughs> Everybody enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, we will be back on the air. I might be live at some point during this game uh, tonight. By the time everybody's listening to this on Silver Screen and Roll, so make sure you guys are following uh, Silver Screen and Roll on Facebook. And we will talk to everybody tomorrow. Thanks, Harrison. All right. Thanks, Anthony. Shouts to Sedale 3. Whoa, I got to do that again. Shouts to Sedale 3. (laughs) Okay, I'll edit that together. Or I won't. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Oh, shit. 